TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. We are live for one more hour. Then after that, we have the replay hours. Rich Rubino and our guest that talks about Ulysses S. Grant in his documentary that's out now, filmmaker Jim Finn. So a couple of uh, great replay hours. You can actually get those right now if you wanted to on the Overnight America podcast, which is now posted up on Linesies or on your phonesies or wherever you get it. So I wanted to... Start the hour by doing something non-political, which is nice. Kevin Cleans has another great, whole nother story. And with the pandemic and everything else going on, it has been tough on certain shops, including antique shops. There's not much going on around here. Nobody's coming in. Hard times have hit antique shops since the pandemic arrived. At Bevo Antiques on Gravoy at Eichelberger, owner Jerry Bruno has been selling there since 1996. She still puts things out on the sidewalk to tempt people driving by. Now, right here, you've got the, a colorful uh, wagon, horse and wagon, that I guess would be in a grocery store, and you put a penny in and the kids could ride it while their mom shops? Yes, yes. It's called a coin-operated machine. Any type of collectible you have that used to be hot and it's not? They do not... People do not buy china any longer because they don't set up dining rooms. They don't buy dining room sets any longer. Do you have anything in your shop that you think nobody will ever buy? I have hundreds of Hummels. Hummels? Hummels. Those are those little ceramic figurines that Grandma collected? Porcelain figurines. They're kind of cutesy? Yes. And are they too cutesy? I think so, but I've got them at a real reasonable price, not like they used to be. What did they used to be? Oh, I, it was nothing for a, a, them to be $50, $100. And now? I'm good to get 10 on some of them. You could buy them and throw them at your husband for that amount. Yes, I could. This is a, a bedroom dresser set? Uh, yes, it's a dresser and a chest. Kind of wavy walnut? Uh, it is. It's mahogany. Oh, mahogany. Is no. anybody getting excited about that? Uh, actually, I, I had them. And I sold them. The person that bought them died, so they brought them back to me. The family did. What did the person die of? Um, old age, probably. Was it mahogany related? <laughs> no, it wasn't mahogany related. Where's the antique business heading in your lifetime? Um, downward. I, it's uh, people aren't buying antiques. Like even with my kids, they don't care about this. What do they care about? 
a Kia. My boys want a Kia. With a whole nother story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Boys want Ikea. Isn't that something? Because it's cheap. We want cheap. You know, we don't care if it's disposable. We're not going to keep it the rest of our lives. We understand these things. Toss it. That's the kind of mentality we have. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I've talked to Kevin Clean about collections anymore that you get to a certain age and you're like, man, I want to clear out all these things I've collected over my years and the kids don't want them. And eventually the, uh, the people die and the kids have to go in and they look at it and they say, I don't want this. Do you want it? No, I don't want it either. Do I want this collection? No, no sentimental value. It's just something that the parents may have collected, but they don't want. And what ends up happening? It gets dumped off somewhere. And an antique store all of a sudden has extra figurines that now they can't sell because no one else wants them either. Uh, that's the way things go sometimes. There are some pretty valuable things. You know, I do every once in a while go online and I'll look at toys from when I was a kid just to see, ah, oh, it would be nice to do that. Or uh, what would it be like to buy a couple of packs of cards from the years I remember collecting cars? That could be a, a cards, uh, like hockey cards. That might be a fun thing to do. You know what I noticed? Did you see online that there was a rumor that was posted of who is lobbying to get Alex Trebek's job at Jeopardy? Now, this would be another perfect example of where we could have played the Jeopardy theme song. But following the death of Alex Trebek over the weekend, sad, he fought his cancer for so long, and his pancreatic cancer finally gave in to from, what, early 2019? I think he made the announcement not that long ago, but he continued to work all the way through. In fact, I think they said the very last show that he taped was on the 29th of October, Thursday the 29th. The show today, a new episode of Jeopardy, had the producers give a quick little moment and a moment of silence, a little moment of gratitude and love towards Alex Trebek and his family. And the last episode that he recorded, I think, will air on Christmas Day, December 25th. So up comes the question of who will host the show after he now is gone. And some people have said, sources mentioned, that they want to see Ken Jennings, who was widely looked at as one of the greatest players of Jeopardy at all time. Definitely went on a tremendous run, won a ton of money doing it. And they even brought him back, and they even tested him out. And all the producers say, this is the person that Alex Trebek was grooming for the job. This is the person that he wanted to see take over the job. He didn't want some celebrity coming in, some person that people, uh, you know, say hey, someone's going to take over the show and ruin it. No, someone that would actually know a thing or two about the show and actually appreciate it and love it. Ken Jennings' 74 game streak, pretty remarkable. Got a lot of people watching. But that is not good enough because apparently, according to the rap, George Stephanopoulos uh, is lobbying to become the next host of Jeopardy. George Stephanopoulos from ABC News Anchor wants to be the host. Please, no, don't do that to Jeopardy. Don't do it to Jeopardy. Ken Jennings is the fan favorite. That's who they want to see. The people that enjoy Jeopardy will enjoy it much more under someone like Ken Jennings because they'll be able to appreciate it knowing that he's keeping on the legacy, the fine legacy of Alex Trebek. George Stephanopoulos will not do that. He, he will not fit that well. So here we are today wondering if the Good Morning America anchor and person that covers the news for ABC 
would be the person that is going to try to put the pressure on. Do they need a celebrity, someone that's known like him? No, they don't. Of course they don't. Ken Jennings all the way. I'm going to put my vote in right now. Boom, Ken Jennings. I've got a couple of food stories if you want to talk food with me. I saw this. Do you know what America's favorite side is on Thanksgiving? Now, everyone has their favorite Thanksgiving foods. Each state, they ranked their favorite side on Thanksgiving. I'm so disappointed in Missouri's. But McDonald's is getting ready to add a new burger into their menu. This has been a while since they've had one of these. We'll talk about that, too, coming up on Overnight America KMOX. St. Louis's weather station, KMOX. You know, I cannot wait for Thanksgiving to be here. Not just because I have time off, but I really do love Thanksgiving. But we're going to be cooking at our house, so I feel like I'm going to be doing most of the manual labor, which I'm not really looking forward to. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've had to do Thanksgiving meals before. It's not the hardest thing ever, but at the very end, it just doesn't taste the same. It's different going to your own family's home and eating the food that you remember and the way it tasted, remembering that too. Luckily, luckily... Uh, my good old friend Brad Young purchased a very nice gift for me. It was a gravy boat. So when we have the regular gravy on the table that anyone could use and share and put over there, I'll have my own personal gravy boat to smother gravy over everything. In fact, if I want to dip something into the gravy, I can. If I want to dip my dinner roll into a gravy boat, by all means, I'm allowed to do that, and I could even double dip because it'll be my own. So we'll talk Thanksgiving maybe in a little bit, unless you want to call in and talk Thanksgiving now. I saw this on KSDK's website, and a couple of food blogs started to report this too. And whenever there's menu changes at popular fast food restaurants, I'm fascinated by it because it can influence me in my purchasing decisions. So McDonald's, after a successful test run in Canada, has decided they're going to be adding a plant-based burger to their menus. This seems a little late mostly because, I mean, it hasn't, Burger King have had the plant-based Whopper for a long time. I mean, they've been they've been holding on to that bad boy, and I've tried it, and this even goes back how long? Like two years, maybe the plant-based Whopper came out? I tried it just out of the curiosity of trying it. I remember I did a video trying it. I parked in the parking lot and ate this thing. Asked the lady at the window, Hey, uh, you selling a lot of these? And she looked at me like, are you kidding me right now? So everyone was going there to buy it. It tasted good. I, it, it tasted good. I would say the best explanation is if you were to buy a, a regular Whopper, put it in your fridge, and then microwave it later to eat it, that's what it tasted like. It's, tef- it's definitely passable and enjoyable. Not as good as a regular Whopper. Because even though it is plant-based, it looks it, so it maybe it tricks your mind a little. But when you put all the toppings onto a plant-based burger or whatever... It's going to taste the same. Like you have ketchup and mayonnaise and tomatoes and onions and lettuce and cheese and, you know, a giant bun. That's it's going to taste the same. You could put pretty much anything in there and it's going to taste like a Whopper. So McDonald's announced today they're acknowledging classics like the Big Mac and Quarter Pounder keep customers coming back, but they wanted to add something new. It's called the McPlant Burger. And they're looking to roll that out pretty soon. It says, uh, expected some U.S. markets to be introduced next year. I don't know if St. Louis will be one of them. Remember, St. Louis was one of the test markets for the Whopper. So maybe St. Louis will be one of the test markets for the McDonald's one, too. 
They're also going to roll out a new spicy chicken sandwich nationwide in 2021. They're trying to rival the Chick-fil-A or Popeye's feature, the crispy chicken filet topped with pickles, butter on a potato roll. Ain't nobody going to top a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Let's get that straight. I don't think I've ever been disappointed going to Chick-fil-A. Have you? I, really, they, they are on top of their game. The only thing that disappoints me is you can't get it on Sunday. So it would be like a perfect thing. You go to church, and afterwards you go to Chick-fil-A. It doesn't get any better than that. But I love their chicken sandwiches. My son loves their chicken sandwiches, too. He loves their fries, all this stuff. But uh, now I want Chick-fil-A. I still haven't tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but McDonald's realizes they can capitalize. Remember when McDonald's, I mean, every once in a while they'll try little gimmicky things. For a while there they tried chicken wings. And I thought, oh, that might be interesting. Get some fast chicken wings. Uh, no, they weren't that good, and people really <laughs> didn't buy them. So that was the end of that. You know what else is coming out? And this is actually something that sounds pretty good. Sour Patch's new line of holiday-themed candy. And I'm looking at these holiday different things. I love Sour Patch Kids. They are a great, great, great candy. My son loves them. I love them. One of the nice things about Sour Patch Kids is you can eat about a million and a half of those things and not even realize it. And you don't even feel bad after you eat them. So they have a new one. They look like little Christmas trees. So you, you have a Christmas tree. Imagine cutting it in half vertically. And then each side's a different color, green and red. So you can kind of combine them the way you want. The red is cherry. And the green is lime. So you can pop a green and a red in your mouth, and you have a cherry-lime sour patch. Or if you just want all cherry or all lime, you can do that too. That, to me, is smart. That sounds great. Sour patch gummies, oh, they're so good. If you haven't had one of those in a while, treat yourself to some sour patch kids. Or in these cases, the sour patch trees. Uh, I, I got a feeling I'm going to be picking up some of these in the near future too. All of these sound good. You know the problem right now? Halloween was a couple of weekends ago, and we have so much candy left over. I find myself eating candy all the time now. It's so sad. I'll wake up in the morning, and instead of thinking, oh, I, could, I should probably make myself some breakfast, no, nah, I'll just eat a couple of little mini Snickers, and I'll be good. That's what I do now because it's there, and it's accessible. I can reach in. I can do it. And since we really didn't have any kids come to our house, we have all this candy left over. And, of course, my wife has already picked through all the good ones. She grabbed all the Milky Ways. First off the bat, she opened the bad boy up, and I look, and there's a pile of Milky Ways on the countertop. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm not giving the good stuff to the kids. I'm taking the Milky Ways. We'll put the kids' stuff out, and they can grab, you know, the leftovers, the stuff, the rejects. You know, they can have the three musketeers. I'll take the Milky Ways. Now, the Milky Ways, of course, are the best of the selections you can actually get on Halloween. So we put the candy out, and guess what happens? No kids. End up having, uh, what, one kid, two, something like that, that showed up at our house? We actually went through. My son and I walked through the neighborhood, and all the houses that would normally be lit up were giving out candy still. It's just there was less people trick-or-treating. So uh, we made out pretty good because by the time you get desperate and you want to hand this candy out, they're like, here, take four or five. Those are always good. Here's a couple of other things that you can get. Let's see. Watermelon, green apple, cherry, and berry are some of the more popular Sour Patch kids. They're also going to be offering Santa straws, which Santa straws are exactly that. They're like these little mini hollow tubes. They look like little mustacholi or what's the thing that you would like? The, just the pasta. They look like uncooked pasta about that size. And they you can't really use them as straws. I don't know why you would ever use it in that application. But it's a good idea with those different mixes. 
And the other one was um, mixed berry bites. Man, that sounds good, too. All of those things sound good. i got to stop eating candy. I'm going to put on so much weight. My son already makes fun of me because he, he looks at me, and I say, one day you're going to look like me, and then he makes fun of my big, fat belly. Yeah, this is what he does. And so much so, I played it one time. Do you remember when our listener, Doug, decided to make a song out of it? Yep, I'm proud of my son, who every once in a while will break out that song. He'll see me eating maybe a Snickers or um, something, and he'll be like, you got a big, fat belly, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he actually doesn't do that. But that is a song he created probably about a year ago, and it feels like I haven't played it in a long time. I'm glad we had the chance to do it there. One other thing, and this will just add on to my big, fat belly. This is from the Delish blog. Little Debbie's oatmeal cream pies are awesome. We get them all the time. They have them at Aldi, and I do primarily my grocery shopping at Aldi. Why? Because I'm a fan of a big deal. And groceries are expensive around here. Anywhere else I've ever lived, groceries, for here, it seems like it's a 20% increase in most of the places you go to. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it is more expensive to shop in St. Louis, by far, from any other place I've lived. But I'll go to Aldi, and it seems a little bit more on par with what I would normally expect when I go to the grocery store. It doesn't feel like I'm saving money going to Aldi. It just seems like it's on par. Most people go there because they feel like it saves money. And when we go there, I normally get some of these oatmeal cream pies. They got the little Debbie ones in there in the packets, and they, they're just so good. These soft oatmeal cookies with a little bit of cream in between like a sandwich. So good. Well, they're going to be offering these as cereal. Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie cereal is coming soon. The snack cakes that you can get now in a bowl and pour some milk over it. Tell me that doesn't sound awesome. Why did it take this long before that happened? So there was a review on the Delish. They wrote a blog on it. They said when they opened it up, they accepted, uh, ex- expected the cereal to be shaped like little pies. They were not. They're shaped, um, in fact, like little puffs of oatmeal made with cinnamon, nutmeg, hint of molasses, and doused in some kind of cream coating, they say. They said it wouldn't taste exactly like the snack cake, but rather it tastes like it's inspired by it. So it's surprising on the first bite. Definitely tastes delicious. I want it. It says it tastes like maybe Taco Bell cinnamon twists. (laughs) Uh, Now I want to go get one of these oatmeal cream pies. All of these things sound great. Here's a text message that came in. Let's see. Uh... Trump needs to take the job over on Jeopardy. (laughs) No, I even talked to Rich Rubino about this, and I guess you'll hear that on the replay, which will be next hour. How many presidents can you think of besides uh, Fillmore, who decided to run for president after they were out of office in one term? I think he might be the example he gave, but you'll you'll hear that story. No, he's not going to go. And uh, you know, I just don't see him trying to go back into the world of I'm going to do a TV show, radio show, something like that. I guess there might be some interest in that. I just don't see it happening. Maybe he'll find other things to do. Just be strictly business. 
another text message. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but homemade stuffing is always better with sausage in it. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I don't agree. I like homemade stuffing. My dad makes some of the best homemade stuffing, and he's got a special type of technique he uses to make it. No sausage in it. Now, my grandma, when she made her stuffing, I'm glad that you call it stuffing and not, uh, what's the other term for it? But dressing. But he, uh, my grandma always put the sausage in it, and I always preferred my dad's, and I like it better without. I mean, you got the turkey and everything. Do you really need to put the sausage involved? I don't think you need to. You can keep the two away from each other. One person texted in, uh, Ken Jennings, yes. Stephanopoulos, no. Uh, says uh, Joe Biden is the president. Deal with it. Peace out. <laughs> All right. He, he, I think it, he is most likely going to be the president by far. I mean, there's still some chance with the legal proceedings. Don't get me wrong. Donald Trump still has a chance here. But uh, Joe Biden, by all uh, stretches of the imagination, has this one. Uh, it would have to be basically a, a miracle would have to happen for Donald Trump to win in all the states he needs to. But, you know, there's a possibility because there's some pretty strong cases he's being uh, presented now. And I think the very first one you'll see is Pennsylvania get overturned. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We've got one half hour left of Overnight America KMOX. I'm looking at the map of the most popular Thanksgiving sides. I'm so disappointed in Missouri. The number one side for Thanksgiving in Missouri is rolls. Come on now. Missouri, up your game. That's not the best side. You know, I look at, let's see, Illinois has mashed potatoes. That's obviously the right answer. Best side is by far mashed potatoes. You know what they have down in Arkansas? It is white gravy. <laughs> Gravy's the top side. Maybe that's where I fit in. I just like to put gravy on everything. Let me go through a couple of these states. I'll do that after we get our friend Eddie from Pennsylvania calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, hi, Ryan. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I just wanted to explain my experience of voting day in Philadelphia. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I, voted, I voted in person now. Just if I may, just wanted to give you a little bit of a layout of the way Philadelphia is broken up. There's 66 wards in Philadelphia. Each ward is broken up into divisions. There's over 1,684 polling divisions in, in the city. And where I'm getting at is when I went into my ward, the first ward, eighth division, to vote, okay, you have to go, you go up to the table, there's the judge of elections each. Each polling division has an elected charge of elections. You have to show your ID to prove who you are, okay? And then also for this election, they had a list, a separate list, to see if I voted by mail. Mm-hmm. They check. Because the lines were getting long that day yeah. throughout most of the day. So they checked to make sure that I didn't already vote by mail. Because whoever voted by mail was on a list. The judge, Only the judge of elections had that list. Now, once they knew I didn't vote by mail, then I was, I signed a binder, then I can go in and and vote. And that's pretty much what, with my experience, how that was going on. I, the thing, the thing I'm trying to say is it, it's just getting me mad when Giuliani and some of these other guys keep saying about 
dead people voting and all the fraud. I I didn't see that. Not when I went to vote. It seemed yeah, like they were very thorough. They were very thorough. The people that were working there were very careful and thorough how they were doing things. That, that's yeah, what I've seen. I don't think anyone is contesting the walk-up voting because there is a process you go through to verify things on the spot before you get a ballot, before you can go and vote. I think it's the things that go on behind the scenes is what they're contesting. Because if they could say, okay, we did not have the proper people in place or we were refused when there was special access given to the other political party, or in the case of Pennsylvania and the idea that state law versus "Ah, we're going to bend the law because of COVID, so which one wins? That could be contested and there could be some ballots that were counted late that shouldn't have been counted, but that could be contested. I mean, there, there are things right now that are up in the air that when reviewed by a judge, if they're looking at what the law states and they're going to uphold the law as opposed to, you know, make exceptions for the law because they see the circumstances, that's what it could roll down to. And again, walking up to a polling booth, I don't think anyone is contesting that. It's all the stuff that happened behind the scenes. I just like with the, the dead claims, you know, I just don't know how they could, how they could, how they, the evidence, where the evidence would be, because from what I've seen, the people were very thorough. They were very careful. You had to show your ID to prove who you were. And they checked. They had a separate list. I've seen it. Yeah. For people that, in my polling division, that already voted by mail. I saw that. The judge. Right yeah. at the table where the judge of election is. Right. No one's questioning that. I, I feel like if the same scrutiny was held up for the mail-in ballots, which I don't, it sounds like there wasn't the same scrutiny. And it's just by nature, uh, because you're not representing yourself in person. So what were the checks that went into place to make sure they were valid? Did it, was it in coordinates with the state law? That's a big question. But, you know, I don't know what exactly the, the extent of dead people voting will play. It could be in the thousands or it could be in the hundreds. It's probably not in the tens of thousands. I mean, it could be, but probably not. But there are some examples that really Rudy gave just in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. Did they say Joe Frazier, the boxer, voted twice after he died? I just can't see how that happened. I just, I can't, Ryan, I just can't see because when you, whether it's walk up, you have to be able to prove. You have to show ID and be able to prove who you are. It's just, I, I just can't see how well, that would happen. You, yeah, if you request a ballot, and you say you're Joe Frazier, and they send you the ballot, and you fill it out on his behalf and send it back, obviously, since he's being no longer alive, that's totally illegal. But they take it back in, and it goes to show you the checks and balances may not be there in order to trigger, oh, this is not valid, you know, the person's not alive. Whatever should have happened didn't happen. So you can go and see if a certain person has voted, and you can do that in different states. Like Michigan, they have a way where you put in a person's name, the let's see, not the birth date, but the birth month and what year they were born. And you can see if they were registered, if they requested a ballot and if they returned it, you can see those things. You can't see how they voted, but you can see if those things happened. So you find people in Michigan. Okay, I'm going to look up some of my relatives or people I know that have passed away. And sure enough, there's people showing up as requesting ballots and sending them in. And now people are saying, well, wait a minute. How many times was that done and who was doing it? Those things need to be found out. But it's a, it's all being done. The stuff that goes on behind the scenes, it's not the stuff that's in front of you. It's always the stuff that's being hidden in the back that people are questioning. And, I mean, 
I think Pennsylvania really could get turned around. That may be the strongest case for Donald Trump. The other states are going to be a tough, tough, tough draw. But Pennsylvania, I think he's got a strong case. But As far as the mail-in yeah. ballots here in PA, as far as I know, you had to show an ID. You had to be able to prove, even asking for a mail-in ballot, you still have to prove who you are. And I just don't see Giuliani's claims having well, what any, if... any credibility. Well, how about this? So, so here's the claims that he's making in Pennsylvania. So the, the claims are state law would say that you have to shut it down after a certain time. Any ballot that comes in after this certain time cannot be counted. So they're going to argue that because of COVID and delays, there's nothing is inevitable. There's going to it was going to happen. Well, they're going to argue, well, state law doesn't give exceptions. So the other thing is backdating. So there's some people that are going to come forward and say, I was told to backdate these ballots, meaning they came in after Election Day. But I dated them as if they came in before Election Day, even though they came in after I used the machine, specifically told the machine to put the wrong date on it so we can count it. And there's evidence of that happening, too. So is that going to hold up when it comes to what the state law says should be counted or not? That's the arguments that right now they're making in Pennsylvania. Mail-in ballots. When when a voter that I know, the voter used a mail-in ballot, they had to put after after the after they voted and it was the voter signed and dated, they put it in a secrecy envelope. You had to seal it. Then you had to put it in the outer envelope. So it was two envelopes that were sealed. And if if that if the voter didn't put the uh, ballot in a in a secrecy envelope, then the vote would not count. It would be it wouldn't be eligible to be counted. That was that was the rule in Pennsylvania. They, I mean, as far as I've seen, it seemed they were very thorough and really strict on the rules that I that I seen and people okay. that I spoke to that voted by by mail. It's just I don't know. We're, we're going to see, but I, I mean, from my experience and talking to people I know that voted by mail in my neighborhood, it was they were pretty strict on the rules. Okay, very good. Well, Eddie, I'm glad you called in. Uh, good to hear from you. Saying stuff. Thank you. Always a pleasure, oh. Ryan. Very good. Have a good night. 314-436-7900 if you want to call in. We have one more segment left on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Thanks for being again a fan of the show, someone that listens to it or just enjoys it casually, that's fine, too. You may be listening to the show for the first time. Hey, thank you for giving us a try. I really do appreciate it. We only have about uh, 10 minutes or so until we say goodnight, and then the replay hours kick in. Great way to stay in connect, uh, connected to the show is by following us on Facebook, Ryan Wrecker Radio, another way to do that. So I, I just brought this up real quick. I see more text messages about putting sausage inside of the stuffing on Thanksgiving. No, I'm telling you, it's you're not going to convince me that that's the right way to do it. The one thing you will convince me is that I'm disappointed Missouri's number one Thanksgiving side is rolls. I skipped the roll. I don't even bother with it. You ever had this during Thanksgiving? You sit down for the meal, you eat it, and then someone says, oh, I forgot to take this out of the oven. I left it in there to keep warm and oh. And it's normally the rolls, and no one missed them. Oh, yeah. No one says, oh, no, this, there's something wrong with the meal. Where's the rolls? No one does that either. 
Plus, even if you get just regular cheap rolls or you don't even have to cook kind, you could even get Hawaiian rolls off the shelf and people will be fine. It's all the same. They're more interested in the other things. Why does Missouri have rolls as the number one? I don't get it. Here's a couple of states in the things that they love. So let's see, Louisiana, Alabama, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, up in that area, that uh, New England area, Massachusetts, uh, Vermont. They love their stuffing. Their number one is stuffing, which is a fine number one. A couple places like Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Montana, uh, North Dakota, Looks like Colorado, California, Nevada, Oregon. They all love mashed potatoes as their number one. This is good, too. Mashed potatoes is an acceptable answer. Kind of a questionable but acceptable answer is Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Ohio. Uh, They like green bean casserole. It's kind of weird, right? Less acceptable is Florida, who likes sweet potato casserole with Tennessee. And even less acceptable is Kentucky, who likes broccoli casserole. There's a couple of states that actually do enjoy rolls. You have, what is that, Washington State, Utah, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Rolls? I just You're not going to convince me that rolls are a necessity on Thanksgiving. Here's what you need. Uh, more than happy to walk you through the power rankings of what you need to have on Thanksgiving. Number one power ranking, turkey. Now, you may be one of the families that decides to put the ham on the table. I'm telling you, you're not wrong, but you're wrong. So turkey's number one. Number two, mashed potatoes and gravy. Number three, stuffing. Number four, gelled cranberry sauce. (laughs) Number five, green bean casserole. Number six, um, that could be a wild card. You know, it could be more of a regional thing or a family thing. Some families do different things. I always enjoyed when my grandma used to make gnocchis on Thanksgiving. Oh, that was nice to have a little bit of like a pasta thing. And it was so unique because I don't know any other family that ever made gnocchis for Thanksgiving. And ever since my grandma passed and, you know, when she got up there in age, she stopped making them too because the labor involved just was too difficult. I kind of miss that. Maybe one day I'll bring it back. But, you know, that's the power ranking. Forget about all these other things. Rolls are so far down. I, I, I would even use a hot dog bun and be totally fine. It would be like the same thing. No need to complain about that one. Oh, I love it. All right. A couple of other clips I didn't have a chance to play from today. I might as well do it. Uh, my son, if he was up right now, this is what he'd be saying to me. <laughs> This was on the power listing. Deviled eggs. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Uh, that's mixed in there. Definitely deviled eggs will be above the fold. Uh, I like deviled eggs. Now, mac and cheese, there's a couple of states that like that one. Uh, that's the bottom half. That's still higher than dinner rolls, but still low down the list. In Maine, like a side salad. Are you kidding me? Who's eating salad? 
on Thanksgiving Day. No one. A fine Thanksgiving tradition in Michigan is that you would eat early, and then you watch the Lions lose their Thanksgiving football game. And you, you kind of wonder who's going to be the halftime show. It's always like, eh, there's not really anyone exciting. Like, you know, oh, Third Eye Blind is performing. Huh. Okay, I guess I'll watch it because it's on. I'm not moving. I mean, I'm on the couch already. Like, if I had a chance to move, definitely I'd be doing something else. But you kind of got me here, so let's watch Third Eye Blind. I, I think that was who performed the year I went. I, you know, I've been to a couple of Thanksgiving Detroit Lions games because it's easy to get tickets for it. Not everyone wants to leave their family on Thanksgiving for a game, so it's not like it's difficult, but it's kind of a fun thing to do at least once or twice. And when you get old enough, you go down and do it on Thanksgiving. It's just fun. Tickets aren't expensive. You know the Lions are going to lose, so it's not like you're feeling too engaged or stuck into the game where you're just going to be leaving disappointed. No, you'll go home and eat Thanksgiving meal after that. It's not a bad day. Uh, Diana's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Uh, hi, Diana. Yeah. So or Deanna. People... I'm sorry. I think I say it wrong every time. I see it on the call screener, and I read it the way it looks. No, you said it right. Diana. Oh. I got you. Okay. So oh. have... okay. go so, ahead. So, so now that you're talking Thanksgiving dinner, three things I just want to mention. Number one, the roles. The reason why they're so important is that uh, they're homemade. So my mother and grandmother used to make homemade rolls. And, oh, my God, I used to eat more rolls than I ate turkey. That's how really? delicious it is. Yes. And number two, the difference, the difference between stuffing and dressing is that dressing has cornbread mixed with it, and it is so delicious. Cornbread, and is that's the only two differences between the two? It's not just the same thing, just called differently? Yeah, well, it doesn't have sausage. It has, like, the, um, the, the drippings from the turkey, like, from the turkey parts. Like, when you get the turkey, you get the turkey necks, the giblets, and all that. Yeah. So you cut all that up, and you put that in the dressing. And you put celery, onion, sage and all these spices, and it is so delicious. I want to go back to the rolls. Are you just popping a Pillsbury into the oven, or how are you making these things homemade? No, actually, my mother and grandmother used to make them. And I know other women from another generation who, who still make them. They're homemade rolls. They're made from scratch, and they are so delicious. Yeah. And what's the other thing? You said there was three things? Yeah, okay. So I mentioned the, the difference between dressing and stuffing, the rolls. Oh, and cranberry sauce. Although I like the gel cranberry sauce, I like the whole cranberry sauce, too. Uh, so but, you just, uh, to me, the, it's, I, if I were to go to your house, if you were to invite me for Thanksgiving, I would sit down and I would eat it, and I'd put a smile on my face, but in the back of my head, I'd be thinking, man, I wish it was the opposite of all those three things. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I really don't know how to make the dressing. I don't. So I roast a duck. So you will oh, be eating wow. duck. Yeah. That's interesting. I've only had duck one time in my life on my honeymoon. You don't really see that on the menu that often. That's an interesting one. 
Well, uh, Diana, thank you for uh, calling in. Good to hear from you tonight. You bet. Got to talk some Thanksgiving. One person texted it in. Ryan, I think you're really hungry tonight. Well, it's a good thing it's the end of the show. We'll be back again tomorrow starting at 8 o'clock. I hope you can join us then. Ryan Wrecker Radio on Facebook, another way to reach the show. Sleep with the radio on. We've got the replay hours coming up in the podcast if you want to go download uh, download it there. Have a good night. Bye. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening it's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.